What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Sauce Lab Podcast. I am so glad to be back. We have a elegant and exquisite, a super, super fun episode lined up for you guys today. We have the official 2021-2022 season NFL Sauce Lab Awards. I am so excited to get right into it. I have a winner and a runner-up for each position. I know that I have been on a weird schedule recently, but it's with the holidays, with COVID, with all these weird stuff happening. There's been a lot of weird quirks that have been going on in my life, making it hard for me to record, and a lot of weird quirks in the NFL, making it hard for any consistent news story to be present, because as soon as I make a prediction or an analysis of something that happened, somebody gets thrown onto the COVID list, and everything goes kaflooey, which I I personally hate, obviously, I think we all hate it, but it makes my job so hard to make an episode and for analysts all over the world for any sport right now that's dealing with COVID and dealing with what a weird world we're living in, it's obviously very tough. So I wanted to go back to the regular season. I know that the year isn't completely done. There is still a couple weeks left, but I think that the majority of these awards have already built themselves out for us, and I'm really excited to get right into it with all of my awards. I'm hopefully going to be chunking each of these uh, video or each of these clips into TikToks. So if you guys are here from TikTok, then hello, come stay, grab a bowl of popcorn, and listen to my awards. The biggest thing that I wanted to do for this, this is not the MVP, this is not coach of the year, this is not all the awards that you're gonna see by the NFL. Those are the really generic awards. Those are not what we do here on the Sauce Lab podcast. I could make those predictions for years. I've been doing that throughout the entire season. These are some weirder, different awards that I thought were really funny, really fun, and I'm excited to get right into them. I'm going to start it off with the biggest team improvement. That is how they did last season compared to how they did this season. The winner is the Arizona Cardinals. What Kyler Murray has been able to do this year, what James Conner has been able to do out of the backfield, how the receivers have evolved into this mishmash of four to five starting one type guys, how the O-line has improved, how the edge rushing has improved, how Byron Murphy and Buda Baker's game in the secondary has improved. All of that has amounted to the Cardinals being the number one team in the NFL for multiple weeks, at least in the last two weeks that's definitely fallen off, but compared to the idea that most most people would think that they'd go around eight and eight, nine and seven, just a couple games above 500, they are now looking to solidify themselves as not only division winners, but one of the best teams in the entire NFC and in the NFL as a whole. So that is a big props to them. The runner-up team was the Cincinnati Bengals. My biggest team letdown, in my opinion, was the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson really could not put it together this year. I think this is, this was the big surmounting that has been waiting to happen with Pete Carroll, with his want for there to be half run game, half passing game, more of a run game. The horrific defensive scheme that has allowed Jamal Adams to be shown as a horrific coverage player. Bobby Wagner has not done much. Their edge rush is horrific. Their secondary is horrific. Their O-line has really been not up to par whatsoever, and they have not been getting the ball in their receiver's hands like they should be. At least Tyler Lockett in the short field and DK Metcalf in the long. It's really a weird mishmash where they are not utilizing anybody properly. None of their running backs 
quarterbacks have been productive, and their quarterback, who has long time been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, is really dropping the ball this year. So I have to go Seattle Seahawks from where they were last year to where they are now. The runner-up, in my opinion, is the Washington football team. Next award is the most heartwarming moment of the season, and I am going to be giving that to Tom Brady and the nine-year-old fan. There was a video that surfaced on Twitter by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of Tom Brady going up to one of their one of his fans in the crowd who had brain cancer, sadly, and looked at Brady, and Brady came to the side after multiple teammates of his were cheering, go over, look at somebody wants to talk to you. And it was the little kid crying, holding his gloves and his hat. And Brady in the press conference afterwards said, this is so much more than a game. It was really such a heartwarming and amazing thing to see, not only play out in the football field, because this is so much bigger than just a game. It is the emotions that are involved and all of that. I have to go. My runner-up would be the Demarius Thomas Memorial game for the Denver Broncos after his sad passing. So both of those were definitely very heartwarming moments of the year. Next is the most athletic play of the year. This one, I think I have to go three-way tie between three different plays. I don't have any runner-ups, but this was three plays that really I could not decipher which one took quote-unquote more athleticism. So I'm going to be giving it to Kyler Murray, juking in the backfield and then completing a pass against the Tennessee Titans. He runs around, does a spin move, back juke, which I have rarely seen in the NFL, a back juke, and then lines up and perfectly delivers a strike to DeAndre Hopkins. Amazing play. Number two was Damian Harris barreling through the New York Jets. He took down so, so, so many players in the process to run, I think it was a 40-yard run, all the way to the end zone, breaking tackles along the way, trucking people, really an unbelievable play, freak of nature, Damian Harris, and last one would be Jamal Agnew's kick return, fantastic play, swerving in and out, truly one of the fastest players in the NFL, give credit where credit is due, Kyler Murray, Damian Harris, and Jamal Agnew, the three combined winners of the Most Athletic Play of the Year award. Next, I have the Most Talked About Player of the Year award, and my pick is Jonathan Taylor of the Indianapolis Colts. This man has really lit up the league this season, consistently showing that he is the best running back in the season, not only the best on field, but just the most healthy, which is obviously a very big asterisk this season. He has really been lighting it up in the box score, yards-wise, yards per carry, touchdowns, everything, and truly putting the Indianapolis Colts on his back, leading them into the playoffs where they are right now has been so fantastic, has really had so many unreal long burst plays of over 50 yards rushing, which are really the things that get you talked about, gets you put all over Bleacher Report and House of Highlights and things like that. Just an amazing player. And then my runner-up for the award is two different guys, both rookies. Both are just making an insane impact as soon as the season's starting, and that is Mac Jones and Micah Parsons. But the winner of that award was Jonathan Taylor. Best game of the season. This one was a very hard one, but I had to go with the highest scoring game. Very, very close, down to the wire, with players on all sides of the ball scoring touchdowns. It was Chargers versus Browns. Chargers ended up coming out on top 47-42. Really an amazing game by the Chargers and Justin Herbert in specific. Austin Eckler lit it up. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. And then on the Browns side, their rushing attack was just never to be stopped. The Chargers really do have an all right to below average run defense, so it was easy for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt to gash them in that area. 
They put up an unreal scoring total, highest point scoring game of the season, and that is why it deserves best game of the season for the award show. Runner-up goes to week four, Ravens-Chiefs 36-35, also very, very close with a very gutsy call that I will get to later. Next award, biggest veteran breakout. This is a player that has broken out from where they have been previously, that is in their fourth year or farther in, and the winner clearly, by a landslide, has to go to Cordero Patterson of the Atlanta Falcons, a guy that was taken very, very early in the first round, looked at as the new future of the NFL, this versatile receiver slash running back who's able to do everything both out of the backfield and in the passing game, really never lived up to his hype, was a journeyman, was on many different teams, really amazing as a kick returner, but nothing more. Yet this season on the Atlanta Falcons, with the absence of Calvin Ridley, with the absence of any real stars on offense, he really stepped up to the plate and did amazing with the opportunity that he was given. He was fantastic in the run game, fantastic in the pass game, and ended up being a top 10 running back in fantasy football points per reception this season. Amazing season by Cordell Patterson. I really hope that he keeps this up, and it's not like he loses this job as a one-type player by next season. And my runner-up for this award will be Darius Slay of the Philadelphia Eagles. Biggest healthy letdown this season, it has got to be similar to the team, Russell Wilson of the Seattle Seahawks. He just has not been making the plays when necessary. I know that it is a lot on the coaching staff, poor play calling, poor situational football. He's not getting the football in a time where he really has to just be a facilitator. It's more like they go down and then they ask for Russell Wilson to pull them out of the big hole. But Russell Wilson, we cannot say that he has been playing well because he really has not been playing well. I'm not sure how much this will decrease his trade value if he really wants to get traded this offseason. I'm hoping that it will be enough that a good team will snack him up rather than it being so high that a good team is just not willing to dip their feet into getting Russell Wilson. But he is definitely a letdown based on how we were expecting him to play this season versus how his stats actually looked at the end of the season. Next is biggest injury. This one I really wanted to give to a player that really affected the team's outcome at the end of the season, and I have to go Christian McCaffrey of the Carolina Panthers. Him being out really not only hindered their possibility of making the playoffs, but hindered their quarterback play altogether throughout the season. All three of their quarterbacks, Cam Newton, Sam Darnold, and P.J. Walker, all really dropped the ball when given the time that they could shine. And I think that a big reason for that is that they didn't have that safety valve in Christian McCaffrey in the backfield that the Carolina Panthers are so used to having. I think he definitely would have added a couple wins to the team for sure. He is so versatile, so amazing whenever he steps onto the field. So the fact that he was in and out and in and out not only made it hard for the Panthers, but made it hard for fantasy owners who weren't sure if they should be playing him. Luckily, I did trade him this season, but he still was the by far the biggest injury of the season. The runner-up for that award would go to David Bakhtiari and Jameis Winston, both making a very big impact on the fact that they were out for the rest of the season, but both of them are still in a situation where their backups have definitely stepped up to the plate. Elgin Jenkins for the Packers, uh, Taysom Hill for the Saints. Next award, Draft Steal. This one has to go to Creed Humphrey of the Kansas City Chiefs, a center who they got in the second round who really consistently lit it up, 
according to PFF's numbers, was the number one center in the NFL. And going into the season, that was the Chiefs' number one priority, was to go out and get offensive line. And rather than spending an abundance on Corey Lindsley at center, they waited and took a second-round pick on Creed Humphrey, who ended up probably being the best center in the league right now and will likely end up becoming a top 10 center in the league for the rest of his career. A fantastic pick by the Kansas City Chiefs. Not sure why he dropped all the way down to the second round. Really not a lot of interior offensive linemen that went early in that draft, but fantastic pick by the Kansas City Chiefs for sure. Runner-up to the award is another guy who really lit it up for where he was drafted, Nate Hobbs of the Las Vegas Raiders. Next award, biggest draft bust. This is a combined award between two guys chosen at a similar spot. I have to give it to them regardless of how bad their coaching and organizations are. Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, come up and get your award. Both of these guys were picked one and two in the NFL draft this past year, and neither of them lived up nearly to that hype. Both of them were not only really poor in the statistical categories, but showed that they have a lot of working to do if they want to jump back up. I'm still confident in both of them for the rest of their careers, but given what's happened this season, I've got to say that they are definitely draft bust, especially with Justin Fields and Mac Jones both looking like better prospects overall, especially with the fact that receivers that were given these high praises over the offseason like LaVisca Chenault, Corey Davis, people like that on both of the teams really dropped the ball. DJ Chark, because of the inconsistency at the quarterback play, I know that a lot of it can be attributed to the disgustingness around both of them, and that is why they did so bad. And they definitely both did show signs and flashes of greatness, but for where they were picked, they have to be considered the draft bust of the year. The backup for that award, the runner-up, would be Alex Leatherwood, also of the Las Vegas Raiders. The next award that I've got has to be the GM of the year. This is the best GM moves in the offseason, best trades, best draft picks, best signings, all the different things like that all combined. And the winner of that award has to go to the LA Rams, Les Snead, GM of the year. Going out and getting Matthew Stafford, going out and getting Von Miller, going out and getting Sony Michelle, going out and getting all, oh, getting, going out and getting Odell Beckham Jr. All of those guys have really accounted to what the Rams are today and what they still aspire to be which is the team that goes out and wins the Super Bowl. I love the aggression. They have already not been so amazing at hitting on their draft picks, so they're just scrapping them all together, saying, screw it, we're not even going to go in the draft. We're just going to get the guys that we know already have talent, have production, and we're going to get them into our system immediately. That's exactly what the Rams have been doing all offseason, and it looks like it's really paying off. Odell Beckham looking so much better than he was in the, his Browns days. Matthew Stafford having probably the best season of his career. Uh, Von Miller going to be a very, very vital part of that Super Bowl run if they actually want to go on it. Different things like that, but I really got to tip my hat to Les Snead going out there being the by far the most aggressive GM of the year and winning GM of the year to go along with that. The runner-up for that award would be Brett Veach of the Kansas City Chiefs. Next up is the strongest unit of a team in the league, and that one has got to go to the Buccaneers passing game. This is obviously before the injury of Chris Godwin, but and also before the suspension of Antonio Brown, 
But even so, with those things, Tom Brady just finds a way to make that passing attack so, so destructive. Leonard Fournette in the backfield, the trio of Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, and Chris Godwin, as well as Rob Gronkowski being a top five tight end, OJ Howard and Cameron Brate both both being top backup tight ends in the entire NFL, Tyler Johnson when he gets touches scotty miller when he gets touches giovanni bernard out of the backfield ronald jones out of the backfield so many different guys like that that are really stepping up in that passing game making it the best unit in all of football you can never count out tom brady the only week where we've really seen something where you can count him out is against the new orleans saints and it really just seems like the new orleans saints has their number but other than that game tom brady has a clear path to the mvp award along with all of his receivers being at least in talks for top five wide receiver in the nfl really amazing job by the buccaneers and their entire passing game backup has to go to the steelers front seven honorable mention tj watt cameron hayward stefan to Devin Bush, Tyson Alualu, so many amazing guys on that front seven. Needed to give them the honorable mention. Next up is the best meme award. It has to go to Urban Meyer. It has to, has to, has to. The craziness of all the stories, whether it's the bar back in Ohio where he was videotaped groping a woman with a wife and not going back on the team plane, whether it was him kicking Josh Lambeau, the kicker, and the craziness and the absurdity of that happening in the National Football League, the things that he says, the way that he covers himself up every single time, and ultimately the horribleness and the outcome of the Jacksonville Jaguars is a meme in it of itself. It was a horrific year for Urban, a horrific year for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It really does not seem like he's going to get a job anytime soon, and anything that he did or said really seemed to be a perfect meme template going forward. It was a hilarious year for Urban Meyer. And the runner-up for that award has to be Jameis Winston dancing on Instagram Live with a torn ACL, the game that he tore his ACL. Next award has to go to the most versatile player in the NFL, and I'm going to be giving that to Micah Parsons, a guy that lined up at middle linebacker to start the year, but then moved to outside linebacker, and then moved to edge, and then was on the D-line, and then played some slot corner, and actually snapped the ball once for the Cowboys. This man lined up everywhere. He is exactly what I've imagined this new form of linebacker can be. We've already seen guys that are so good at coverage and so good at rushing the passer. I think that I'm going to do a deeper story on Micah Parsons very soon and just how versatile he really is. But he's doing things that the NFL has never seen with how good you are at coverage linebackering and how good you are at edge rushing. Both of them, he is top five top 10 in the league. He is showing himself to be one of the best defensive players in the entire NFL at this point. Really one of the most versatile defensive players I think I've ever seen as an NFL fan, and I needed to give him that award. Even though the backup, the runner-up, Debo Samuel, has been an all-pro both at running back and at receiver, which is so hard to do. Obviously, the 49ers love their jet sweeps, their wide receiver runs, but I still have to give it to Micah Parsons, who really lined up so many different places on defense, which has never been seen, while Debo Samuel, something of that nature, has happened with Robert Woods, has happened with Deshaun Jackson. Many different guys like that have had those wide receiver screens and or wide receiver runs where they look like a running back. Micah Parsons really doing a whole new thing of his own. 
Next award is the most valuable free agent signing of the year. I have to go to Matt Judon of the New England Patriots coming from the Baltimore Ravens was just looked at as uh, insurance for their edge rushing help. Just another guy to add to that unit. And he's really came out and now looks like a top 10 edge rusher in the NFL certified so, so good. So amazing at getting to the quarterbacks, has the sack numbers, has the QB hits, has the pressures to all back up his case. The Bill Belichick defense always has a guy that's getting in the quarterback, and it seems like Matt Judon filled in that role perfectly this year. He's not on too crazy of a deal monetarily. He's very, very good, and they got him at a very good price point for a long time. Number two, runner-up, has to be Trey Hendrickson of the Cincinnati Bengals, who also has similar sack numbers, but I don't think has as much of an impact as Matt Judon has had this season. Next one, biggest free agent letdown, has to be certified Kenny Galladay of the New York Giants. $18 million a year for three years is just horrific for a guy that barely has done anything all season. I'm not sure if he even has a touchdown. I know that he's been a big, big disappointment, both in the receptions and the yards altogether has been really, really poor. I know that this can be a testament to the bad offensive scheme, to the bad quarterback play, to all the different things around him that could have gone wrong. But there was a reason why Kenny Galladay was probably like the 20th wide receiver signed out of free agency. They were guys like Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Corey Davis. They were all being signed so much quicker than Kenny Galladay. He sat on the market for a little bit, and I guess the Giants saw something in him, but it clearly was not enough that he, he was a good signing. He really let them down with how much they're paying him and what they were expecting out of him. Honorable mention will be William Jackson going from Cincinnati Bengals to Washington football team. Next award is the clutchest player of the season, a guy that consistently came out and won the game for the team in the fourth quarter, and that one has to be Herbie, Justin Herbert of the LA Chargers, has done it, I think, five times this season, a fourth quarter comeback where he really just puts the team on his back, his big body, big frame, his ability to run, his ability to pass, all of that has combined to him being by far the clutchest player of the season. He's also remained very, very healthy, which is a very big plus side in today's NFL, and it's very hard to do. So thank goodness he has been able to play in basically every single game this season. He's come back in fourth quarters. He's utilized all of his receivers and running backs and tight ends to the best of their abilities, in my opinion. Jalen Guyton, fantastic downfield guy. Keenan Allen, still a 10 reception per game guy. Mike Williams, even though he definitely took a step back, was having the breakout season that everybody was expecting. Jared Cook, very dependable and Austin Eckler, most of all, one of the best reception running backs in the NFL. Altogether, makes Justin Herbert the clutchest player in the NFL. Runner-up goes to a guy that's probably won it a couple times in the past, Aaron Rodgers. Next award, gutsiest call. This award, I have got to go to a play. I wanted to do something that ultimately converted, but there were two super gutsy calls, both by the same guy, so I really felt like I had to put both of these in here. The winner goes to Lamar Jackson going for it on fourth down with a minute left to stop the Chiefs from getting the ball back in week four in the runner-up for best game of the season with a minute left. The Ravens were actually up one and still went for it on fourth down just so that they can get the ball, kneel it out, and end the game and not have Patrick Mahomes drive down the field. It was a very gutsy call because they were on their own side of the field, so the Chiefs would have probably already been 10 to 15 yards outside of the field goal range, but they were very trustworthy with their call. They got it, and it ultimately paid off. 
What didn't pay off, though, by the same guy, Lamar Jackson going for two and Mark Andrews dropping it two weeks in a row. The last two weeks has been abysmal for Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, ultimately coming short in two games that they really should have won, that Mark Andrews, I'd say, 90% of the time would haul in. They did what looked to be a similar pass, and Lamar on the first one, facing pressure, had very accurate throw, and Mark Andrews just couldn't seem to hold on. It was a really disappointing end to what happened. Two very, very gutsy calls, both by the Baltimore Ravens, a team that really heavily favors analytics and what is the best play call on fourth down. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, clearly, based on that award. Next award goes to worst call of the year. Both of these actually coming from the same team as well, funny enough. There were tons of bad calls this season, and the refs, I need to make another episode on the refs and what to do about that, because that is something that is a really, really big problem in the NFL. Number one has got to go to Cassius March, getting a taunting for looking at the sideline versus the Steelers. Uh, this is for the Chicago Bears. Such a horrible call. He got the sack, looked up at the sideline, I guess made a little bit too much of a swagger gesture, and ended up getting called for taunting, even though, by my eyes, it looked like he just did something. Like, it was nothing too crazy. I am very surprised and blown away by the fact that that was called. And then the runner-up had to be teased to bore, low hit call versus the Vikings, which ended up also costing them a very crucial drive, them only losing by one possession. Both Chicago Bears, I don't know why the refs hate the Chicago Bears, I feel very bad for them, but that is it. And then my last award of the video, this is a big one, a player who got a shot because of a COVID outbreak. This is somebody or an entire position room goes down because of COVID and another guy has to step up in their honor. The guys that really stepped up during this time because of COVID, the winner is Tyler Hunley of the Baltimore Ravens, who looks like a mini Lamar Jackson out there, a guy that I really do think will now get a shot, at least as a backup going forward in his NFL career, based on the fact that he made it a very, very close game against the Packers. Two rushing touchdowns, two receiving, or two passing touchdowns. Amazing game by him altogether put it all together, and did something that we really haven't seen out of Lamar in a while, which is be both efficient in the passing game and the rushing game at the exact same time. Not at all saying that he's better, but just a very funny side comment, because it is something that Lamar has struggled to do, yet Tyler Hundley came out and did it handedly. And then the runner-up to that award would be Craig Reynolds of the Detroit Lions, who's now two weeks in a row of 100 yards rushing, looking really good in the absence of Swift and Jamal Williams. All right, well, that is it. Thank you guys so much for listening to my award show. I know that this one was definitely a quicker episode than usual, but I just wanted to get this out to you with how crazy and hectic everything has been with COVID. I have been battling the idea of maybe being positive, so I was in and out of the quarantine, but thankfully I am completely healthy. Thankfully, I am still going away with my family very soon, and I will see you guys very soon. I'm not too sure. I don't want to hold myself to an exact date of when my next episode is. I would assume Monday, but it could be a week from today, a week from Thursday or Friday, whenever this ends up getting posted. Thank you guys so much for listening. Do not forget to listen to us on TikTok or watch the videos on TikTok. You guys are really the best. I know that it's been really hard for me to do this, like I said earlier in the video, with COVID and with how weird this season has been. It's definitely been a weird season for me to choose starting my podcast, but I am 
really looking forward to the playoffs. I'm really looking forward to everything in the NFL. I'm still loving every minute of it, loving sitting down with you guys and doing this. So thank you guys so much for allowing me to do this. Thank you. Have a great week and peace.